Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Duel of the Takes. Today, we are doing a brand new format. We've also uh, got an audience for the first time really ever, honestly. I mean, the few times we've done live episodes with an audience, uh, they left. <laughs> we, we are now uh, trying this for the first time in our Discord server. So get in while it's hot before there's a pre uh, premium paywall to, to come in and enjoy episodes live two weeks before they're released. Anyway, Josh, take it away with your new format you told me this idea and it blew my mind i can't wait to try it out well i feel like uh when not not us personally when we debate things but i feel like generally when uh, i see debates online they're like what's the mount rushmore uh say in a sports instance what's like your nba mount rushmore and they name their four players who they think the best is and i was like hey what if we did that on duel of the takes and then nate you brought up the idea of doing it for the cartoon Christmas specials and I think it's a great first thing because there's a lot of them and but I think there specifically is a, a category a tier if you will of the best of the best and that's what we're going to determine in this new Mount Rushmore format. Yeah, so how this is going to work is it's going to be like pretty much any other ranked list we've ever done. However, there's only four spots. So what we're all going to do is we're going to go around and share what our number one, our number two, what our number three, and what our number four are. And uh, we're going to have to come together at the end and make a Mount Rushmore using the collective pool. Should be a little chaotic, but uh, I think it's more or less a good format to kind of just highlight some of our own personal opinions and uh, really give some elevated takes on things that you wouldn't normally hear elevated takes about. Alden's going to kick it off. Alden, what is your number one? Uh, my number one or like which head? Which, which one do you want to do first? All right, I'm going to start wild with uh, Roosevelt. I'm going to say Shrek the Halls. Whoa, okay. I, I figured it would be on here. I knew this was coming. <laughs> I knew he was going to pick that one. I have to keep it on brand. Okay, and why Shrek the Halls? Why is it your Theodore Roosevelt pick? Well, I think it actually fits the vibe of Roosevelt a good, good amount. But I think most Christmas specials kind of suck. And this isn't, like, great. But it's really funny. I, I don't know. I think I like it probably not as much as my others, but hey, it's still great. Okay. And what are some memorable moments, some highlights of the Shrek the Hall special for those of us who haven't seen it? Um, I think one of the, like the biggest things is Shrek has like a Santa costume on. <laughs> okay. okay. That's the most memorable thing about Shrekking the Halls. Uh, no, but yes. <laughs> How does it hold up the scared Shrek list, the Halloween special? I hate the use of Shrek as a verb. It makes me viscerally uncomfortable. <laughs> Shrek is love, Shrek is life. I remember from my Eddie Murphy list, I left the Halloween Shrek off the list because it was, uh, it was too scary. It was too scary. I mean, you're right. It was too Shrek-y. I think Shrek the Halls is just as scary. Um, I will say a second memorable moment, though, is his kids bullying uh puss in boots <laughs> solid <laughs> so do, do they want coal in their stocking like is that the like the end goal probably they're ogres so it would make sense um i'm gonna move on now to my george washington spot i think in the uh in the context of mount rushmore each each head kind of represents its own thing and when i think george washington he's there because he's the first he set the precedent for being a president and i think the christmas special that set the precedent for being a solid Christmas special is a Charlie
Charlie Brown Christmas. I don't even really think that this is a hot take. I I was doing a lot of research on other ones from the 60s and 70s. You know, a lot of the Rankin Bass ones, the original How the Grinch Stole Christmas, things of that nature, things that I remember, things that I watched almost every year as a kid. And A Charlie Brown Christmas came first in 1965, two years before How the Grinch Stole Christmas, and like almost five years before Rudolph. So I think that this is a, a solid pick here, a safe pick here, but it's probably the only safe pick on my list if I'm being entirely honest. My favorite thing about it is, I mean, Linus's monologue about what he believes the true meaning of Christmas is, it gives me goosebumps chills to this day. I think there's a lot of heart in this special, but also a lot of fun like vignettes of the Peanuts gang uh, dealing with the struggles of the holiday season. Uh, you got Charlie trying to find the perfect gift. You've got, uh, you know, them all having to put on this this Christmas pageant recital kind of thing, finding the right tree, all of these uh, hectic things that you do around the holidays, uh, but with the Peanuts gang. It's probably the most memorable Peanuts special in my opinion, and definitely my favorite. Solid. My, my family Family and I used to watch that literally every year when I when I lived with them. It was like a, a, a tradition. It's the definition of boomer food, but in like the most wholesome way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sakula, what do you have? So in the spirit of picking different presidents each time, because I thought we were going to do the same ones, um, I'm, I'm going to go with uh, another wild pick because Alden's isn't... It's weird because Alden's pick was nuts. <laughs> Nate's pick was, was was very solid and logical. I'm going to go... Uh, uh, I'm going to split the difference, go halfway down the middle. I'm going to go with my Lincoln pick. Fairly Odd Parents, Christmas Every Day. This was almost on my list. Yeah, it was almost on mine. I don't like Christmas specials usually. Most Christmas specials are not good in my opinion. There's... Most suck. Yeah, most are really bad. Um, this beat out uh, by a hair, uh, the SpongeBob one. This is not about that. This is about Christmas every day. I like it because it's a solid episode of Fairly Odd Parents. It doesn't break the mold too much, but it also does like go a bit bombastic. The the intro is like new, like they they change it, and you know when that happens for a TV show, it's fucking Kino. They introduce all of the uh, holiday figures as their own people, but they put a little funny spin on them. The the Easter Bunny is like a mobster kind of guy. Uh, Santa Claus is like an uptight businessman that's like he's got this tiny like like Tony Stark beard and he works at a desk and he and he and and uh, they take uh, Santa's workshop and instead of being like this magical mystical place that I associate with like the Tim Allen movies and instead it's just like an office building <laughs> and he draws fairy magic to make it happen. So it's like they kind of work it into the Fairly Odd Parents lore. And then he uses Christmas magic to become the jolly, giant, big-bearded, powerful version of Santa that we that we know and love. But 364 days of the year, he's just this like really skinny, tiny little old businessman, and uh, I love that. Uh, I, I love the idea. Like as a kid, you're like, "Damn, Christmas is fucking awesome! I wish it was every day." And this kind of explores that idea. Um, uh, you know, it, it kind of, if you're a stupid little kid, it kind of shows you that, like, you know, probably not the best thing in the world. It, without the magic part of it, Timmy's parents would be fucking rich. His literal entire house was filled with presents on the first day, on the original Christmas. Like, there was no floor to be had. And he's getting all of this fucking wild stuff. I love that. Um, there's a lot of good humor in it. Uh, there's a lot of heart to it. Um, it's just, it's great. There's a lot of little tiny gags that I love. I, it's just, it's a 
good, it's a solid episode of Fairly Odd Parents while also being Christmas themed. And uh, I remember watching it as a kid. It was it's it's a it's a it's a hoot and a half. I'm a fan. Solid pick, solid pick. It's one of the few episodes of Fairly Odd Parents that I remember. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a huge Fairly Odd Parents stan. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I wasn't allowed to watch it as a kid, but I did watch a lot of it like all in one go at one point it goes downhill after poof comes into play but it's a it's a great show did any of y'all have the game on xbox the fairly odd parents game no (laughs) (laughs) why did you have so many tie-in games because i wasn't allowed to like play anything with an m rating so i got all movie tie-in games is timmy turner in the in the smash port no he should be and Cosmo and Wanda should be following him around the whole... I think Cosmo should be the playable character. Yeah, just Cosmo. <laughs> just Cosmo? <laughs> that would be so good. It should have been the Arnold Schwarzenegger spoof guy with, like, the big-ass, like... Yeah, the Jorgen von Strangle. I love him. I love him. The rules. I need, I need thoughts. Did Christmas every day run? So Guardians could also run. Uh, Guardians didn't run. I don't like that movie at all. I like that movie a lot. It's funny. We're talking Rise of the Guardians. Rise of the Guardians. All in number five on the DreamWorks list. Was <laughs> it? Christmas every Christmas every day ran so that way Guardians of the Galaxy could also run. Yeah. So so what you're telling me is Christmas every day ran so Jack Frost could run barefoot in in fun pictures with Elsa on the internet. Yes, that is what I'm saying. All right, Josh. What's your first one? My first. One is actually going to be in agreement with one of you, and it is Nate. I also have a Charlie Brown Christmas on my Mount Rushmore. How uh, how could you not have this special on your Mount Rushmore? It is a classic. I watch it almost every year. Everything about it is iconic, like Nate said. Uh, what really sticks out to me is uh, the music. It's uh, the, the piano ballad in it. Um, Linus and Lucy, I think the actual song is called. It's great. Um, Nate sung the praises of it, and I totally agree. And it is also my George Washington. When I think of Christmas music, I mean, obviously, there's like the pop Christmas music that's on the radio. Then there's like the old ones from like the 40s and 50s that are really popular with like the the movies like, uh, you know, White Christmas, Holiday Inn, that kind of stuff. Yeah. When I think of Christmas music and when I choose what Christmas music I'm listening to, it's almost always slow jazz. So that was a great point to bring up, Josh, because I think that uh, that all pretty much started with uh, Charlie Brown Christmas. It's so good. The The character of Charlie Brown himself is very underrated. I think that character is hilarious. I agree. I wish I didn't relate to him as much as I do. (laughs) Good friend of the show, uh, Trevor Riggle, once said in a job interview, if he could be any fictional character, he'd be Charlie Brown. And man, he's living up to those standards every day. (laughs) So we're going through with round two, our second uh, our second nominations. Uh, Alden, kick it off. You started with Shrek the Hall, so I think it's only up from here. All right. There is a certain scene from this one that has been, I guess, a joke between us in the past but my lincoln is rugrats chanica okay oh by the way happy hanukkah alden um thanks i had a gif of tommy pickles i think as moses saying let my babies go and honestly that alone is what put it on this list for me representation is very important especially in the lincoln category so that's why i put it here yeah i think it's great that rugrats was able to do a Hanukkah special um, 
around when like other shows i'm sure at that time were doing their christmas specials uh it was in uh 96 it was before all of us there is a hallmark hanukkah movie that came out i think last year took them long enough that stars the dude from boy meets world oh hell yeah i might watch that <laughs> sounds nice <laughs> just wanted to point that out that's the last hanukkah content i've seen uh ben, ben savage that's his name right yeah because <laughs> it's fred savage's younger brother yep all right. Any other memorable scenes from Rugrats Chanika? Uh, yeah. I also want to point out this isn't even. I think there's like two, three. There's a lot of uh, Christmas episodes for Rugrats. Unironically, when I first saw that special, I learned a lot about Hanukkah. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like a huge educational episode, and it's just another Rugrats episode. But I guess live action role play. It's it is it is a good episode. I remember, and this isn't like I was trying to play it one year i think in 2010 in 2009 i was trying to play it and i was told that i wasn't allowed to because it wasn't a christmas movie that's sad i you guys keep like saying like you i wasn't allowed to watch this as a kid or yada yada i i understand why like parents don't let their kids watch certain things i just don't have that experience because when i was a kid uh i i remember we had a little my dad built a movie theater in our loft i i came i came home one day from school and I heard this loud booming from upstairs because he had these speakers. And anytime you watched a loud movie, you could hear it throughout the house. I'm sure my mom hated it. And I went upstairs and I was like, hey, what's all the racket? And my dad's like, oh, I'm watching the first episode of Lost. I was like, what's that? He goes, oh, it's this new TV show. It's pretty cool. It's about a people get stranded on an island. I'm like, oh, that seems cool. He goes, yeah, let's rewind it. I'm like, no, you don't have to do that. He goes, no, let's rewind it. Watch the whole thing again together. I'm like, okay. In that same movie theater, we watched uh, the first Terminator together, which if you have not seen the first Terminator is not a movie you should show to somebody who's in middle school. I watched it in middle school. Interesting. That's when I watched Terminator. I just wouldn't show it to my child in middle school, but like, you know, because there's a graphic sex scene. There's... That's fine. Hell yeah. Terminator gouges his eye out with a scalpel in a bathroom very very on camera i knew people who weren't allowed to watch harry potter because it's got witchery in it and i was like that i'm like that's nuts yeah i I had conversations and argument with my like extended family multiple times over stuff like that which is just so weird but whatever um speaking of things that aren't appropriate for children i'm moving on to my thomas jefferson spot here when i look at mount rushmore It's always like, okay, I know it's like the three best presidents of all time. You've got George Washington, you got Abraham Lincoln, and Theodore Roosevelt. Who's the fourth guy? Is it James Madison? No, 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 it's it's Thomas Jefferson. Thomas Jefferson regularly regularly challenged people to duels on the the White House lawn. Oh, so do I. Uh, And I think a lot of the contributions he made to, like, uh, the Declaration of Independence and a lot of the work as a founding father was, was crucial. As a president, not so great. And that's kind of what I why I picked South Park uh, a Christmas special from South Park probably not the one you're thinking of I did not pick the Mr. Hanky Christmas Pooh uh, first Christmas special I decided to go with season 8 episode 14 Woodland Critters Christmas if you haven't seen this one it's about a uh, a group of little forest animals like Squirrely the Squirrel Barry the Bear Woodpeckery the Woodpecker so on and so forth these cute little Woodland Critters critters meet the boy in the red poofball hat aka stan marsh he finds them and he thinks he's in like a like a rudolph the red-nosed reindeer situation there's all these cute little woodland critters and they're all you know very wholesome and they're getting ready to celebrate the big day 
and he just assumes they're talking about Christmas. But where the story really flips itself on its head is that all these cute little woodland critters are actually uh, like crazy Satan worshippers, and they are giving birth to the Antichrist because Porcupiney the Porcupine is about to give birth. It gets really dark and twisted, but the special ends in the true the true meaning of the holiday. Uh, Santa Claus shows up with a with a shotgun and one by one executes all of these woodland critters celebrating Christmas in their own way. And uh, I think this says a lot about the American uh, tradition of, of Christmas, and it doesn't matter what your beliefs are at the end of the day, Santa, consumerism is what fuels the holiday. And I think that this is a very funny episode. It's one of the first episodes I ever saw. I was flipping through the channels and saw a bunch of cute woodland critters, and uh, yeah, it really paved the way for things like Happy Tree Friends, of that misleading childhood content that looks like it's safe for kids, and then really escalates and is not. Probably one of my all-time favorite episodes of South Park and honestly a really funny and really biting take on uh, the Christmas holiday and uh, I think it fits for Thomas Jefferson. I haven't seen the episode but you've, you've put up a compelling a compelling description and uh, an argument for it. I think what, what's really best about the satire in it is it's all poking fun at what like the satanic panic th- views of Satanism were which is very very like archaic and like oh every single thing involves like a, a sacrifice and and all of this and uh, it, it's very funny it's like deleted from the canon of the show but it's still regularly aired and it's like one of the few episodes that doesn't take place within the main continuity it's like a the whole episode's a dream type thing but like in retrospect which is odd one of my favorite episodes of the show hell yeah uh John, to you. Oh, okay. I'm picking my Roosevelt this time. That's a, a Futurama Xmas story. That's the first Christmas special they did. I think it was in season two. Admittedly, there's two of them on this list that I did not watch as a child, per se, but I did watch, you know, uh, like in high school or early college. I, this one I, I, I love so very much. I love every episode of Futurama. Uh, I could go on an entire tirade about how Futurama is probably one of my favorite TV shows. It's so fun. It's it's so consistent. It's very serialized, but then it has this plot that like continues and builds, and they execute on at the end of every season. Uh, it's it's fantastic, and all the movies are great too. I I I have I have nothing but love for Futurama. This episode is. Uh, no different. I love the the way that they satirized Christmas and call it Xmas because in the in the year of uh, of Futurama, I forget what year. Uh, I think it's 20, 20, 28 something. <laughs> <laughs> it's very Florida. <laughs> very Florida. I mean, that's literally a thing people do in Florida is put put Christmas lights around the palm trees in their yard, which is ridiculous. But it's got all the things you love out of Christmas. Fry's trying to get a gift for Leela, and the spin on it is that Santa Claus is not a, a mythical being but actually a killer robot that kills anybody after dusk who he deems naughty um and santa claus thinks that everybody is naughty and if you're outside after dark on christmas eve you just get murdered <laughs> by santa claus i love evil robot santa i that's probably my favorite part of the the entire episode and and they bring him back for a couple other episodes and he'll kill you via many ways uh, bladed weapons mini guns rocket launchers he's got robot reindeer that fly him around um it's pretty fantastic. That'd be a good tier list, TV and movie Santas. Oh yeah, yeah. He would make he would make it pretty high on that one. I I believe there's a lot of good visual gags in it. In the beginning, they're at a ski resort 
Gordon Fry is like kind of kind of upset because he, there's no Christmas and they kind of like cheer him up and and that's why they start celebrating Xmas. There there's this great gag that I remember vividly where like uh, Zoidberg is like on a ski lift and he he puts on his gloves on his hands and then he pulls out a third glove and puts it on his like tentacles on his face. <laughs> I, I love it. I love the tiny Tim robot. Yes. Uh, there's a tiny Tim robot who like I guess was just designed like whoever like the robot company that that mom runs is just like she just made a robot like this robot is gonna be poor and pathetic <laughs> and he's got one leg and a, and a crutch like permanently attached to his body <laughs> like he was meant to be that way solid pick probably top 10 top 15 episodes of Futurama for me I you know I, I agree I agree the only ones that I'd put above it are like the super heartfelt ones the like the one where they they go into the future and like keep repeating time uh, because Fry missed a dinner with Leela. Yeah, luck of the Fryrish and uh, the the one about his dog. Stop. That one's fantastic. Stop. We're not crying. This is about Christmas. Sakula, <laughs> I did watch Futurama for like a long time because the first episode I ever saw when I was like five years old was the dog episode. Oh, wow. You're like, damn, is the whole show this brutal? I can't handle it. Yeah, no, that's like really a standout. It's one of those times where like a TV show is like, okay, we're going to do something a little bit different. We're going to make you cry instead of making you laugh in the same vein as like the um, as Christmas every day where it doesn't actually like break the convention of the show, which I hate. I hate it when Christmas episodes break the convention of the show just to do a Christmas thing follows it perfectly. Um, and it's it's it, it is Futurama, but they do a lot of fun uh, digging on Christmas, which is pretty awesome. Josh, what is your second uh, uh, nomination? I'm going to go with my Roosevelt also. Um, sounds like uh, after I say this, it's going to really sound like I'm playing it safe, but don't don't worry. The last two are interesting, but I'm going to go with... Oh yeah, I'm saving my best for last. I'm going to go with Dr. Seuss's How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Alright. It's once again... A classic, just like a Charlie Brown Christmas, another iconic song, iconic music throughout. Um, the narration, uh, the animation, all of it, it's cr- it created like its own style where when you think of Christmas-like old animation, you think of something like The Grinch. It's just perfection. It really is one of the most perfect Christmas things. You can tell it's by the same guy who did Tom and Jerry, and it like it has that same kind of cartoony slapstick, like chaotic energy to it. Yeah. Hold on, I have a question now that he's brought up. Uh, uh, how the Grinch stole Christmas. Um, I was under the impression that these were episodes, so I left out movies or things that I probably would have put on here, like uh, uh, the Santa Claus. Well, the Santa Claus is a movie. Well, isn't the isn't How the Grinch Stole Christmas a movie? Like what? No, it's got a runtime of thirty seven minutes. It's your your episode of uh, Fairly Odd Parents is longer. So wait, so it's a it's a length thing? No, it's a TV special. If it's a special episode of a series or a special just released on TV. Okay, so like a made-for-TV movie counts for this. As long as it's like under feature length. Like, I wouldn't put Klaus on this list. Like, that wouldn't really be fair. (laughs) 
And I stayed away from the Rankin Bass because that's I feel like that's just a tier uh, the whole thing on its own, which we already covered last year. Yeah, it's one of our most popular videos. So uh, people are probably watching that one right now. It always pops off around the holidays. It just hit uh, 1,200 views last week. Nice. Sweet. Uh, anything else you want to add about uh, How the Grinch Stole Christmas? Uh, maybe how it holds up to other adaptations, Josh? I mean, compared to the other Dr. Seuss stuff, which we also covered on a past episode with uh, Movies and Milk. Okay. Great guy. It just got Dr. Seuss correctly, and it's one of the most earliest adaptations of Dr. Seuss, and it got it so right, and I really admire that. I agree. It's a great special. It's no live-action cat in a hat, though. It's better than the Grinch. All right, uh, Alden, I think we're back to you with your third nomination. You've got uh, Washington and uh, Jefferson left. I think I'm going to pick Washington right now, Um, and that's Christmas Who from Spongebob. Hey! The first Christmas special that Spongebob had. And what's the the brief plot synopsis of this one? Because there's like three Spongebob Christmas specials, and I always mix them up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so this one is Bikini Bottom's first Christmas and Sandy kind of introduces the concept to everyone, and they all write letters uh, to Santa. Sandy Claus. <laughs> yeah, uh, this was in season two, I think, which was in 2000. They didn't have another Christmas special until, I think, 2012. So this one was the one that came on on Nickelodeon every year. I definitely think it's the best one. I really like what the uh, other one was where Plankton gave everyone Jerktonium because that one had a claymation animation style, which was interesting. I think this was the first episode and one of a few that altered the title sequence. They put a wreath around uh, Painty the Pirate. Is that his name? Yeah. Painty the Pirate? Painty the Pirate. I fucking hate that. I mean, he's a painting. What did you expect? I don't know. He's a painting of a pirate, not... I guess he does... Fuck! Yeah, but he's sentient. That's stupid and I don't like it. I really like this one. This was definitely a go-to even until recently for me every year. It's just always on TV. Can we do a pirate tier list? Josh would love that. I would too. I would have too much to say about the entire cast of Pirates of the Caribbean. That's fine. I just saw Mr. Gibbs on Doctor Who. I don't know. I don't think I have too much to add. I just think this is definitely a Nickelodeon classic. Yeah, I agree. And uh, my segue is maybe a forgotten Nickelodeon classic. I have in my Theodore Roosevelt spot, The Invader Zim, episode 27, The Most Horrible Xmas Ever. I did watch a fair amount of SpongeBob a little later into my childhood once I was finally allowed. It was legalized for me at age 10. Legalized SpongeBob! But at that age, I liked the general darker tone of Invader Zim. I thought it was cool that like the main character was like a plankton type, like this guy who's trying to take over the world. And uh, this one just resonated more with me. What John was saying about Futurama and how well it tied its first Christmas special into like the regular ongoings of the show, I think Invader Zim did a great job of doing that element as well. But where I think it elevates itself a little bit is that this is actually the finale of the show. It was not greenlit for a third season, and until 2017 or 18, there was a Netflix revival of a TV, like a TV movie. Um, but this was the final 
final episode of the show and it starts like 3000 years in the future where like earth has just been obliterated and this uh this snowman called uh mr sludgy is telling the <laughs> like all these little children's snowmen the story of the worst christmas ever it's got some like fun homages like that to like some of like the older like rankin bass kind of traditions and the rest of the plot is very similar to the nightmare before christmas which makes sense i feel like that darker kind of edgier tone that invader zim had kind of resonates where uh zim essentially learns what santa claus is and then is like oh if i can take over santa i can take over the world so this is his little like inciting uh scheme to take over the world he he does end up disguising himself as santa and trying to ruin christmas for everybody and uh it ends in a really funny way where uh the real santa comes through like delivers all the presents saves the day but then dies of a heart attack and it's like really fucking dark and then zim just blames dib for doing it so then the last time you see dib on the show he's getting literally mobbed and pummeled to death his arch rival smarty pants kid who's discovered that his uh classmate is an alien zim's like oh well if 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 uh you know christmas didn't work and taking that over didn't win the hearts and souls of people i'm just gonna dress up as the easter platypus and uh tries to take over easter next and it's kind of a ride off into the sunset moment for the uh entire series and it's it's very funny how character accurate everyone stays to this like kind of christmas episode but it's so mean-spirited it fits in with the finale of the show it's a kind of you know hodgepodge we need to do a christmas special for the ratings but at the same time our show's not getting finished so how do we tie up all these arcs and uh i i think it works quite well in that regard i uh remember getting through invader zim for the first time when it first went on netflix in like 2010 or 11 and uh i really just was watching the show every day after school and then i watched the christmas special in like august or september or something and i was like oh i gotta start the third season and there wasn't one that that was a bold way to end that show that i liked so much so that's my take it's in the theodore roosevelt spot for me because i feel like i i I like where the show's coming from just like i like where theodore roosevelt's coming from a lot of great ideas i never watched invader zim but you put up a solid argument for it i uh I, uh, I didn't even know they, they ended the entire show before the revival on a Christmas special. That's pretty bold. I, yeah, it was like not by choice. I'm sure it wasn't. Yeah, Nickelodeon really banked on SpongeBob and Fairly Odd Parents for that entire decade. They still are. They've they've greenlit and canceled. And Jimmy Neutron. Oh, yeah, that's true. They just keep running SpongeBob into the fucking ground. Have you seen that clip that was floating around Twitter of an episode apparently where SpongeBob and Patrick are running a lemonade stand and they're milking Squidward for their lemonade? No. What? They keep like scaring him so that way he sneezes black ink and then they're selling it to people and then the people drink his black ink and they pay for it and then they have like a seizure. They like they like spaz out and then they're like, wow, that was delicious and their mouth is all black. It's fucking repulsive and disgusting. To be fair, the uh, Lemonade Stand episode of Fairly Odd Parents where they're literally using Cosmo's sweat is just as bad. No, that is not as weird as... It is weirder. I've eaten squid ink. I have not eaten a fairly god... Like a fairy godparent's sweat. I'm gonna send you the clip when I find it. And if you can watch it without actively shitting and coming and throwing up all at the same time, then fine, I'll concede. 
But until then, no, this is much grosser. Um, all right. Uh, John, what is your, uh, your third nomination? Here's, here's a, here's a hot take. <laughs> here's a hot take can opens. <laughs> my third pick that I, uh, I'm going to save my best for last, uh, for both, uh, myself, my own sanity and Peralski as well. Who's, who's currently listening in, but here's my, my, my Jefferson pick. Uh, I Carly, I Christmas. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, I love it. I'm a fan. I think so. Give you a little recap. Uh, Spencer, instead of getting a regular Christmas tree, builds one, obviously. Yeah. Um, and then, it, of course, it catches on fire because that's always what happens. And Carly's like, fuck, you ruined Christmas, you dumb idiot. Uh, so she wishes that uh, that Spencer was normal. Can we say midget on this show? Is that offensive? Yeah, you can say it. Okay, cool. So uh, a midget comes. As the shortest person on this panel, I'm green lighting the word midget. <laughs> okay. <laughs> a midget comes and he's like, yeah, I'm your fairy godmother or whatever. Guardian angel. Guardian angel, that's the one. And he's like, I'm gonna show... And oh, also his name is, I think, Mitch. <laughs> he doesn't have, like, a mystical name. He's just a midget and his name is Mitch. <laughs> and he's just like, hi, I'm your guardian angel. It's like, a, it's a wonderful life, basically. He's like, I'm gonna show you what life would be like if Spencer was normal. And her life is obviously terrible. Everything's boring. The apartment looks like shit. Spencer's always busy and can't talk to her. And then, in the, you know, she, she's like, okay, I want to go back to normal. It goes back to normal. Um, I just love it. It's it's simple. It's sweet. It's to the point. Um, and I love Mitch. I, I was talking about earlier how I love how, like, when Christmas specials don't break, con- don't break convention. But this one totally does. It doesn't play out like a regular episode of iCarly. It plays out like some weird fever dream. Not like in, in season, like, three or four or whatever when they do that weird uh april fool's episode that is an acid trip it just breaks convention in a way that like if you're expecting a christmas themed episode of icarly it doesn't go that way it goes in a weird mystical other world twilight zone sort of way and i do not think i've seen this episode i guess i haven't seen as much of icarly as i thought it's it's pretty good it's it's uh probably one of the most memorable episodes that i can remember other than the one where uh they go full a cab and they let cops into their house i was scrolling through the filmography of the the guy who played mitch i i guess there's a movie called 30 nights of paranormal activity with the devil inside the girl with the dragon tattoo (laughs) (laughs) oh god that sounds bad and the the like cover has bane and abraham lincoln on it based on true events that may not have happened well that's going on my watch list carry on Anything else about I Christmas? I have something about the reboot. How come the fu- on IMDb the fucking reboot is a different show with the same name? What the fuck is up with that? I feel like that happens a lot when they bring shows like back from the grave. Yeah, the Doctor Who's are separate. No, well, that makes sense because it's a different character, but they're the same characters. Why didn't they just add it on to the original? Well, they changed half the cast. Yeah, but it's the same main couple characters. Also, where's Gibby in the reboot? This has nothing to do with the Christmas special. Where's get get? I don't think Gibby wants to act anymore. Well, he clearly does because he's fucking doing shit on his YouTube channel that's fucking Kino. They could be saving him for season two. Uh, do you remember the pratfall in uh, in 
iCarly where that one guy who's supposed to be Gibby, but he's a stunt guy, falls from the ceiling, and apparently he broke like a shitload of ribs. That doesn't surprise me at all. He actually dropped like 10 feet. <laughs> that was a 15-foot drop onto concrete. Oh, so funny. <laughs> He wasn't padded up. He wasn't padded up, and there was no padding on the floor. They legit just don't. They dropped a stunt guy onto the floor from like 10 feet up with nothing to help him. He didn't even have a shirt on. Greg is Gibby just gets back up. <laughs> anyway, no, I love I Christmas. I Christmas is great. Oh, man, that's wild. I hope they compensated him well. No, they didn't. Probably not. You know that they didn't do that. I don't know. Sometimes if stunt guys get injured on set, it's in their insurance that they make like a year's salary while they recover, even if they only... This was a Dan Schneider show. All of the kids were getting molested. Nobody was getting compensated. All right. Good point. Good point. Uh, Josh, what is your third nomination? Yeah, this is an Abraham Lincoln pick. I'm going to go with... Uh... Billy and Mandy Safe Christmas. Ah, thank you. I think this is a great special where uh, uh, Santa Claus, played by Gilbert Gottfried. Oh, jeez. <laughs> just found that out while doing research. Has been bitten by a vampire. Mandy and Grimm team up with the head vampire while Billy helps Mrs. Claus and the elves around the workshop. And it turns out, big spoilers for this special, there is some big twists in this, spoilers moving forward, it turns out that Mrs. Claus is actually the head, head vampire. Holy cow, that makes sense. She always seemed like a bit of a parasite. I've heard that Santa baby song. Oh! <laughs> and uh, Billy, Billy discovers the... Uh, more major spoilers. Billy discovers the vampire antidote is cookies and milk. Now, if you're the head head vampire and your one weakness is cookies and milk. Why'd you marry Santa Claus? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's his like whole thing. Well, yeah, but I guess that would also like throw off the scent. Nobody would know your one weakness if you're around someone who is known for cookies and milk. But there's never going to be a time where like you're married to this man. And at some point you're going to be like, oh, God, I love these cookies. Mrs. Claus, get in here. I bake the best cookies. I, no, I feel like I feel like Santa eats them once a year and never throughout the rest. It's like uh, it's like Sean Evans on Hot Ones. Like he fucking hates cookies and milk, but he's like, I have to do this because if I don't take a bite out of this cookie, the kids are going to know that I didn't come and it's going to be their parents. So I got to eat this fucking God damn it. I don't think I've ever seen an episode of Hot Ones. You need to. It's really good. Back to Billy and Mandy uh, Save Christmas, Josh. Uh, what do you think, uh, Ella? Elevates it over like other, you know, cartoon special or cartoon shows that like had a Christmas special. Like, wh why do you think it's so iconic still? Uh, it's uh, Billy and Mandy's like animation in general always stuck in my head. But this one specifically, uh, they really use the the colors of Christmas in a really fun and unique way. I don't really think any other special, at least on Cartoon Network, did at the time. It's one of the few episodes of Billy and Mandy I've seen, so it's a great episode. Oh, there's also a uh, Wampa in the episode. Yo, is there really? So, Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy is Star Wars canon? Um, the North Pole is Hoth. Santa definitely lives on Hoth. <laughs> Santa is a great Jedi 100% because he can't align with either of them because the Jedi are evil and so are the Sith, obviously. All right. Alden, uh, what, what is your fourth uh, nomination? I believe you have uh, you have your Jefferson left. I do. This one is very, very close to my heart. My Jefferson is Hey Hey, It's Knishmas from Chowder. It is incredible. <laughs> All Chowder wants for Knishmas is a um, 
electric broccoli trimmer with detachable non-electric cauliflower trimmer. I what? I'm not repeating that. That hurt. <laughs> I don't want to spoil it because you have to watch it. But pretty much the plot is they have to build a I got to get this right because it's not a gingerbread house. It's a schminger bread house. Of course, you have to have a schminger bread house for Nish Kringle to leave you gifts. I think if you don't have one, he died. He like wrecks your kitchen or something. But like, yeah, the whole plot is is struggling to get a sminger bread. Well, not the whole plot, but the first like major plot point is sminger bread house issues. I like Chowder. I didn't I never watched it, but I'm here for it. I don't know why there are so many like episodes we've mentioned that have just been in the second season of shows, but this is in the second season. Because they usually don't do a Christmas special in the first season of a show. I guess that's true. Yeah. This aired every year for, I think, five years after it came out. Yeah, I think I've seen this episode. Yeah, it's it's nothing compared to SpongeBob's, but whatever. I just remember um, if you know the character Gorgonzola, he has a candle on his head like his head is a candle. And uh, Chowder says, with your flame so bright, won't you shine your light tonight? Out of all of your specials, Alden, uh, is this the one that like truly makes you think of the positive vibes that Christmas brings to many? Or is this more of like a, a personal you'll watch this any time of year type episode? This is definitely a seasonal watch. I, I think it encapsulate what a Christmas special should I and there's been like a huge, uh, I guess, since HBO Max released pretty much all of the Cartoon Network shows, there's been a huge following kind of coming back to Chowder. And so there is a um, Chowder reanimated of this episode where a bunch of different animators would like have a certain segment of the episode and they're all patched together for the episode. And it's great. So even though the show is long gone and I think uh, CH Greenblatt is probably dead, I don't think he actually is, but in spirit, he's dead. That's a bigger insult than just saying that you think somebody's dead. I mean, he literally like finished chowder and then dipped. No, just like imagine if he was sitting in front of you and you're like, you are spiritually dead. That'd be wild. If he was sitting in front of me, he's getting a handshake. I thought you were going with a different hand gesture. No. No handy for the, 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 the machinist behind your childhood? Have you seen this guy? Of course not. All right. Are we done talking about Christmas hand jobs? Uh, yeah, I'd like to talk about a Christmas adjacent episode. I'd also like to point out uh gazpacho has his worst existential crisis that he's ever had in the show in this episode what's he existential about well he's like a mall santa right okay (laughs) he's like getting everyone's wishes or whatever and then he has a a crisis about kanish kringle and a crisis about himself Yeah, I don't know. I love this episode. I'm definitely trying to get a watch along for both the episode and the reanimated this year. All right, I'll watch it with you. Thank you. Uh, Moving on to mine, I'm ending with my Abraham Lincoln one, and I think that this is the Christmas special that personally means the most to me. Before I introduce the episode, I've made it very clear multiple times that I wasn't allowed to watch much television growing up. Uh, A lot of of shows like SpongeBob and, and Chowder, all those shows that were popular as 
we were like, you know, uh, late elementary school or elementary school, middle school, that kind of stuff wasn't really uh, on the table for me. I was a PBS kid. My Abraham Lincoln spot is none other than Arthur's Perfect Christmas. Uh, What I really, really appreciate about this uh, Christmas special now as an adult, which I guess just completely went over my head as a kid uh, because I'd get so wrapped up in the plot and the characters. I mean, even at the time that I was watching the show, there were over 100 episodes. It's been in syndication since like 2003, 2004. Is this still running? It is still running. It's the like longest running animated show of all time, besides The Simpsons, of course. Um, But children's programming wise, it's the longest running one. What I really appreciated about this episode is just the, the overall representation. What you get is an hour long episode of Arthur. It's very much uh, uh, special because every other episode is like 15 minutes, 20 minutes. There's usually two and a half hour block. But this episode uh, really covers every single major character on the show and how they celebrate their holidays in a way that's entertaining and funny. It's also the only episode to date, I believe, that serves as a musical, which is very interesting because you wouldn't typically expect the cast of Arthur to be singing. And uh, I think the, the voice cast does a pretty decent job rising to the uh, the challenge, but you get everything from this kind of Uncle Eddie situation with uh, uh, Arthur's Uncle Fred visiting for the holidays. Arthur puts together together a short list of what he needs to have a perfect Christmas, which is a large amount of snow, an amazing turkey dinner, a spectacular Christmas tree, one without tinsel, and uh, everyone will love the presents that he gets for them. None of those things come true. And uh, it, it's it's very funny, uh, the 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 unraveling of Arthur's Christmas plans. His dad's a chef in the show, so he's like, "Oh, I'm gonna make like a traditional like what the people of Bethlehem were eating at the time," and it's like just absolutely disgusting. <laughs> and uh, uh, Arthur's like perturbed by that obviously uh the ensemble cast really shines in this episode too the major b plot is about uh buster baxter his his divorced mom overcompensating for the holiday and waking up every morning thinking it's christmas he has to open presents every single morning has to eat uh burnt pancakes every single morning and uh i I like how it it shows like what a uh you know single parent household could look like around the holidays and how you know she's really trying her best to to raise baxter in a loving and caring household even though his dad's uh flying around the country in a plane but then you also have uh like different uh holidays represented too francine Frensky is celebrating uh hanukkah of course and that makes her late to muffy's uh christmas extravaganza and uh muffy's very very rude how naive she is to the jewish tradition she's always rude she's always rude she's very materialistic and very shallow and vain that's very much muffy's character but she says no one cares about uh, Hanukkah. Christmas is way better. And this obviously pisses off Francine a lot, as it should. Uh, Brain is is uh, celebrating Kwanzaa, so his ice cream shop happens to be open on Christmas Day, so everyone convenes there. George is celebrating some, like, Norwegian Orthodox, like, Christmas tradition. And there's, like, all these different characters just celebrating their holidays in their own way. The Frenskis go to the movies on Christmas, which was a big tradition for a lot of people. And, yeah, I just think this, is, this does a great 
job of elevating the rest of the show and seeing how these characters live their lives and giving supporting characters more screen time, but also a really funny episode. It's probably the funniest episode of the show and uh, a lot of heartfelt moments from multiple different intertwined stories. And uh, it is one I watched every single year and then stopped watching it once I was allowed to watch other shows and stuff and then came back to it a couple Christmases ago and was like, wow, this is held up extremely well and is a great example of how to how to do different holidays all in one Christmas special and celebrate uh, the diversity of of this time of year. I uh, I'm not a personal stan of Archer. Uh, Archer? Arthur? Archer, Archer and Arthur are two very different shows, my friend. They are severely different. Out of all of the people on this panel that I would have expected to have watched Archer as a child, though, that's you. Um, so I, this this does not come as a surprise. In my house, we stan Arthur. I will watch this Christmas special again this year, and I may or may not cry. John, what is your uh, fourth nomination? My Washington pick. I've saved this the best for last. Peralski, if you're listening, I hope you're listening well. My, my Washington pick is Batman the Animated Series, A Christmas with Joker. I, to be honest, have not watched this episode as a child. I watched it fairly recently. It blew all of my expectations out of the water. I love Batman the Animated Series. I haven't watched it all the way through. I'm not a dedicated fan. But every episode I've ever seen, I love. This episode is fantastic. It's 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 silly. It's lighthearted. It's wholesome, but it's also a great Batman adventure. Nothing goes unexpected. It's it's you can you know it plays out beat for beat. You know you get to hear uh, Joker sing uh, Jingle Bell Batman smells, uh, which is fantastic. I I didn't actually know until watching this that that was a thing that was actually acknowledged in any Batman media. I thought that was just a thing that circled around the schoolyard, but apparently it is canon. That Joker sings Jingle Bell's Batman Smells, which is fantastic. The opening has uh, Joker escaping, uh, I believe, from Arkham Asylum uh, on a rocket ship Christmas tree. <laughs> and then uh, the, 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 the B plot of the movie if there is one, because there isn't a B-plot, but basically, like, the the underscore of, like, the main plot of the Joker trying to do some heinous shit on Christmas uh, is that Robin really, really wants Batman to watch It's a Wonderful Life. Oh, that's wholesome. They, they go out on patrol. Uh, Batman sees a guy walk up to uh, uh, an old lady walking down the street with some presents. And he's like, oh, this lady's about to get robbed. I'm gonna... And he, 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 he swings into an alleyway. And the, the guy who runs up to her, he's like, hey, ma'am, you, you dropped this present a few miles back. I, I, I've been trying to catch up to you. Apparently, that old lady must have been really fast before we saw her on screen. <laughs> and she's like, oh, it's for my grandson. Thank you so much. And Batman's like, shit, no crime. I'm here. So he just beats up the old lady. He's like, yeah, I just have, I have to get this out of my system. Justice. Hold on to your gifts. <laughs> they go back to Wayne Wanner. Robin's like, can we just go home now? Like, fuck, it's fucking Christmas. And they're sitting there. They're eating Christmas dinner that Alfred prepared last fucking minute, mind you. Yeah, Alfred's a goat. Al- Alfred is the goat. If we're doing a butler tier list, Alfred makes top. Alfred makes S tier easy. <laughs> 
Which I think we should do a butler tier list. We're not doing a butler tier list. We should. We should. They were sitting at the at the Christmas table and uh, Batman's like, we should have gone on patrol one more time. And Robin's like, no, fuck you. We're going to sit here and we're going to watch It's a Wonderful Life like we're a normal family, even though we're not. You rescued me from my uh, some some circus accident. We're going to watch Wonderful Life and you're going to love it. And he goes, it's not a wonderful life. <laughs> it's funny because there's also an episode of Batman the Animated Series where Batman has to go through his own It's a Wonderful Life scenario. I did not know that. <laughs> That's Yeah, there is. It's like it's the Christmas special two uh two seasons later in season three, right before the reanimation uh like redesigns. Joker hijacks their It's a Wonderful Life broadcast um and is like, I kidnapped, uh, I think it's Commissioner Gordon, Barbara Gordon, and someone else. There's three people that he kidnaps. Um He's like, I kidnapped all these people. You got to stop me, Batman, because I'm evil and it's Christmas. Um, And so they go and they stop him and Batman saves the people. They're dangling above a fucking vat of lava or whatever. Great fucking scene that I remember vividly where he (laughs) Batman like grabs the Joker's arms like he's going to like restrain him. And then the Joker like pulls out of his. Oh, by the way, Joker is wearing a Christmas sweater um, in this. Not even a sweater, actually. It's a cardigan. Joker stands cardigans. That's canon. Jared Leto Joker definitely wears cardigans. 100%. He rips out of the sweater and gloves. The gloves are fastened to the sweater, like uh, to the wrists. Like they don't fall off. Batman is holding the sleeves of the jacket. The gloves are still attached. Only to reveal that he is wearing identical gloves and an identical sweater underneath the first sweater that he runs away with. Okay, and what elevates this over other Christmas specials? Uh, A, Batman. Noted. I I, I love this special because, like I said before, it it doesn't break convention of the Batman uh, animated series show. It does exactly what every other episode does, but it does it in a fun Christmassy sort of way. There's lots of silly gags. The animation, of course, is amazing. I have it really high because it's Batman. Uh, I think that maybe objectively speaking, you could argue that the Futurama special is better. I have this at the very top in the George Washington spot because I love Batman. And I love that... uh, I I love the silly direction they chose to go with this because Batman the Animated Series generally is pretty serious. Mm -hmm. The Christmas special is still like it has some serious-ish moments, but it doesn't, it is very campy and it very much is like, this is Christmas special. This is what we do now. You are going to watch this and Joker is going to wear two Christmas sweaters. All right, Josh, to your Thomas Jefferson. My final one is Thomas the Tank Engine, Thomas and Friends, uh, Thomas's Christmas party. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right. So, in this special, a year before this took place, this has lore. Uh, a woman saved Thomas from a landslide, and uh, he wants to. He's so thankful for this woman. He uh, wants to throw a Christmas party, and all the other trains uh, are all for it. And uh, they go and I think they get stuck in snow or something. So they put the plow on the trains. And as and I remember, I really liked when they put the plow on the trains because I thought it was cool when they go through the snow. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, they throw this whole big party at the end. At the end of the day, a Christmas special, I think, needs a wholesome message. And I think the wholesome message here is to be thankful for your friends, uh, for the people to help you. I think, uh, 
we can all relate to that. There's always somebody that goes leaps and bounds for us. And I think sometimes we need to do something to give thanks or be nice, uh, do something nice for them around the holiday season, just so they remember why they do those nice things for you. So what I'm saying is we throw a Thomas the Tank Engine-like party for Nate. I'm flattered. I love trains. I'm telling my kids this is Polar Express, by the way. <laughs> it's better than having them watch Polar Express. And uh, I love that they put all little, like, Santa Claus hats on all the trains at the end. <laughs> it's wholesome. <laughs> it's such a wholesome little episode. You see Thomas has got, like, he's got his, uh, he's got his snowplow on it. Iconic. I think this special. It's just this fun little special that uh, I really, I really loved uh, growing up. And uh, yeah, I was a big Thomas fan. I had like the, I was that kid who had like the table and had like all the the train tracks and stuff. It was great. It was a fun time. Heck yeah, I'm here for it. So I think the next way to go about doing this is to, uh, I guess, read through. Just about all of our uh, our positions for what spot they're in. So uh, up first, we have Alden's Washington pick is Christmas Who. John's Washington pick is Batman the Animated Series Christmas with Joker. Josh's is a Charlie Brown Christmas. And mine is also a Charlie Brown Christmas. So it's got to be a Charlie Brown Christmas, right? I feel like it makes sense for the GW spot. You know, it's the oldest special on this entire list. Is the spot what's determining it? Like, like, so for example, we pick Charlie Brown Christmas for George Washington. Does that take Alden and I's picks out of the running entirely? No, not necessarily, but there's only three spots left and tw- uh, 12, uh, six, 14 other uh, shows to fill those three spots with. Right. No, I, I, not saying that there's a there's a high chance so so you're saying there's a chance okay uh, hold on a second I'm, I'm not too like determined that if you put something in the washington spot the only place it can be on the list is the washington spot so to speak if that's if that's how we're gonna do it next time we should uh come up with a definitive ranking of i guess the the heads so that way we know absolutely not which which one we should put at the top we are never doing a canonical president's ranked ever I think we should. I think that's a great that's a great video. We should do it. We've already made three of them. I don't want to do it again. No, we should do a three and a half hour video where we rank all the founding fathers. Maybe founding fathers, but I would never do presidents. Well, the presidents are founding fathers. Not all of them. In, in my opinion, the only other one that I could see in the GW spot would maybe be like how the Grinch stole Christmas. No, 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 no. Christmas Who literally introduces Christmas to this entire town, just like Washington introduced the U.S. to the U.S. That's a good point. Yeah, but How the Grinch Stole Christmas is a is a is a cultural touchstone for millions and millions of people. SpongeBob is a hack. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> you put respect on Stephen Hillenberg. I look, I love SpongeBob. I'm just saying that Christmas Who is not above How the Grinch Stole Christmas. That's fucking nuts but is it over a charlie brown christmas because i think that's what we're trying to put here i think it is <laughs> no what the fuck i think a charlie brown christmas is a safe bet for like anyone but it doesn't do much 
It's just a Christmas special. There are hundreds and thousands of families across the entire country who re-watch a Charlie Brown Christmas every single Christmas. Who watches Christmas? I haven't even seen Charlie Brown Christmas for the last six years, and I probably won't see it this year. That's your fault, and you should feel bad. SpongeBob himself didn't have three Christmas specials. I would agree with you that it could potentially be a definitive Christmas special, but it it, it could be contested even within the, the own run of that show, you know? Like, I think it's the best one. I think that the the stop-motion animated one that pays homage to the Rankin Bass is cool visually, but the Chris, Christmas Who is the best episode of Christmas SpongeBob. The problem is, it's not even the best holiday SpongeBob episode. The best holiday SpongeBob episode is the Valentine's Day episode, and it's my favorite SpongeBob episode. Which Valentine's Day episode? Because there are multiple. Pat Patrick made one out of a rock. Oh. <laughs> I don't remember that at all. It's pretty clear to me that it's Charlie. Charlie Brown Christmas is the George Washington lock uh, for our, our our group uh, uh, Mount Rushmore of Christmas specials with an honorable mention of Christmas Who. I mean, Christmas Who could still technically make it on. At the cost of what? <laughs> That's true. Moving into the Thomas Jefferson spot, here is what is uh, left. I mean, we could talk about Christmas Who some more. Hey, hey, it's Kanishmas from Chowder. Shrek the Halls. Rugrats Chanaka, Batman the Animated Series, Christmas with the Joker, I Christmas, Futurama Xmas Story, Fairly Odd Parents Christmas Every Day, uh, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, Billy and Mandy Save Christmas, Thomas the Tank Engine, Thomas's Christmas Party, South Park uh, Woodland Critters Christmas, Invader Zim's The Most Horrible Xmas Ever, and Arthur's Perfect Christmas. What is ringing your guys' bell here for this TJ spot? I, I really believe that Hey Hey It's Kanishmas deserves a spot on Mount Christmas more. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I'm not saying it to offend you, Alden. I'm just asking because I haven't watched the episode in probably like a decade. So like Christmas specials, usually there's like a lesson learned at the end or some kind of wholesome theme. Like does Chowder like learn anything? There's there's a lot that not just Chowder, but other like every character pretty much has an arc except Baby Cop. I don't think he has much of an arc. I didn't. I, I don't watch a lot of Chowder, but Baby Cop is probably the best character name I've ever heard in my entire life. Well, He's a baby, and he's a cop. I kind of figured based on his name. Yeah, I think he's only there once telling Gaspacho Mall Santa what he wants for Kanishmas. Yeah, I feel like this is a good spot for like a non-traditional Christmas special. So I could see something like, hey, hey, it's Kanishmas going here since it has like the Christmas iconography, but in the world of chowder where everything's like a food-related pun or baby talk nonsense. So... <laughs> If we're going non-traditional, I'm going to argue uh, I Christmas for this one. I'm actually on uh, Sakula's side here because... I feel like I Christmas is traditional, though. It's not. It breaks the mold. In what way? It definitely feels like a Christmas-like future kind of situation. So a lot of these specials rip off the storyline that... Uh, I Christmas um, uses, but the better specials for I Christmas that use that great theme has not been mentioned for any of us. 
so it's the only one we're working with. By default, that special might have a place on this Mount Rushmore because it has been repeated so many times for a reason. I definitely have seen like instances of the idea done in something older than the episode from Mike Harley. Have you seen it done better though? Yes. That's how I feel about the Christmas Every Day one, like the Fairly Odd Parents one. When I think Christmas Every Day, I think of the made-for-TV movie from the 90s called Christmas Every Day, which is just a rip of Groundhog Day. And I also think of Mickey's Once Upon a Christmas, which almost made my list, with the scene where Huey, Louie, and Dewey have uh, the ability to live out Christmas every single day until they get sick of it. I, look, I'm not going to lose sleep if iCarly loses to this, but I think the uh, iCarly special is better. iCarly deserves a win. There's uh, iCarly is a very flawed show, especially in the later seasons, and there's a lot of episodes of iCarly that suck major dog shit. Um, I think that iChristmas both succeeds as an episode of iCarly, as well as being a really good Christmas special that has a moral at the end, as well as being... Uh, but that's, that's the thing. It's like the moral is only from Carly. Only one person learns something from the experience, whereas like there are six different... How many people do you need to learn the morals of? You are trying to argue that there is a nice lesson learned at the end. Then there are six to eight to 12 lessons learned at the end of Hey, Hey, It's Kanishmas. Okay, that's a good argument. That's a good point. Hey, nothing stacking up to Arthur's perfect Christmas. We'll get there when we get there. Nate, uh, do you have any, like, defense for, um, uh, you had, um... I had Woodland Critters Christmas here, and I, I honestly made my list not thinking any of the four would even make the Mount Rushmore, if I'm being quite honest. So I'm really happy that a Charlie Brown Christmas did. I don't I don't really have a fight for any of mine, but I, I am very partial to what makes our Christmas special list, uh, <laughs> our, our Mount Christmas more, as Alden has dubbed it. <laughs> An icon. Carly episode that I haven't seen as a fan of the show just doesn't really rub me the right way. I was thinking along the lines of something that's like non-traditional, breaks the mold, but has the same like structure of a Christmas episode. Like Billy and Mandy? Yes. The two that were coming to my head were Billy and Mandy Save Christmas and the Futurama Xmas story. Those are the two that I was thinking for here, but that's just like my opinion, man. Billy and Mandy was not my Thomas Jefferson, but if we're gonna put this part of the Mount Rushmore as as the more unique one, different. I think Billy and Mandy Save Christmas does have a chance here. I mean, you you put the Christmas theme in a such a wacky world like the Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy. They didn't go the safe route. They're like, let's add vampires. Santa gets bitten by a vampire. Let's do it. It's very, very entertaining. Like, pure entertainment. I'd rather watch Billy and Mandy Save Christmas than most of these specials. Alden, the SpongeBob, SpongeBob and Billy and Mandy are probably the most entertaining ones on here. Yeah, I do agree with that. The Billy and Mandy special is incredible. Which is kind of why I also like the uh, Futurama Xmas story too, because similar to the Billy and Mandy one, you have like what Christmas looks like to this like really odd world and like this wild like range of, of characters and things like that. But you also have the element that is in like a lot of these where there's like, one character, usually the fish out of water, that like remembers Christmas, kind of like uh, Christmas Who, where Sandy introduces Christmas to everyone. Well, in this one, Fry's trying to introduce the traditional values of Christmas from his time to all these people from the future. And then, of course, shit gets way out of hand with evil robot Santa pillaging the entire world after after 9 p.m. on Christmas Eve. 
I think the Billy and Mandy one uh, serves that same kind of tonal, like what the heck kind of take for a Christmas episode, and does very well with like all of the the myth the myth type creatures and and monsters that are in Billy and Mandy. Better environment for a Christmas special to be different than something like Chowder, in my opinion, or iCarly. I just don't feel like the iCarly episode is as different as it is claimed to be. It's different for iCarly, but I feel like it's exactly what you'd expect a Christmas special to be. Yeah. Uh, look, I'm fighting for iCarly here, but I'd rather Chowder make it than... Uh... Than Billy and Mandy save Christmas? Yeah, that's the one. What's your favorite thing that uh, Hey Hey It's Knishmas adds to like the Santa lore or like the Christmas lore in general? Because I think the Mrs. Claus being the head-head vampire is hilarious. Can I point out that Ron Perlman is in this episode? That is a big W. Gilbert... Goffrey. Look, we'll get to your episode when we get there. <laughs> We're here right now. It is it is getting on the Mount Rushmore. It needs to be on the board. No, this is this is where it has to go. It's not gonna make it. I didn't think it was had a chance, and now it has a chance. I, I asked this a very specific question and no one gave me an answer. I straight up wasn't listening. I was trying to look up more points for my argument. What was your specific question? I'll give you an answer. Uh, what is the thing that like chowder adds to this the Christmas mythos or like uh, season that sticks with you? Because I think like the Mrs. Claus thing being the head head vampire in the Billy Mandy special is actually really funny and unique. Like what it, what does chowder bring to the table in that regard? I don't have an answer for that one. <laughs> I will say the idea of Kanish Kringle and I can't really spoil it too much please just spoil it I want to know <laughs> I don't want the audience to know <laughs> I'll edit it out uh Billy becomes the head reindeer at the end dude Billy in the elf costume alone is iconic <laughs> I think Chowder in his onesie is iconic we do have we have do we have two tiebreakers listening if anyone's got a pulse uh, raise your hand we'll we'll go to a tiebreaker <laughs> John immediately. Perolski. <laughs> okay, yeah, we're bringing up uh, Perolski here. Inviting to speak. No, it's Billy and Mandy or Chowder for this spot. All right, Perolski, what are your thoughts? Thank you for joining us. I think you guys should pick Chowder. Damn it. All right, back to the Shadow Realm with you. Thanks for listening. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> so there it is. Chowder's, uh, hey, hey, it's Krishmas. It's Kanishmas. Hey, hey, it's Kanishmas. And if you subscribe to the Patreon, you can also beat Peralski. <laughs> yeah, you can be a tiebreaker and piss me off. <laughs> <laughs> Give us $2 a month, please. <laughs> so we're now in the third spot. We're halfway through building our Mount Rushmore. We've got uh, a Charlie Brown Christmas and Chowder. Chowder, hey, hey, it's Kanishmas. Uh, we're now in the Theodore Roosevelt spot here, which uh, things that have been nominated in this category doesn't necessarily have to be them. We've got the most horrible Xmas ever from Invader Zim, Shrek the Halls, Futurama Xmas Story, and uh, How the Grinch Stole Christmas. A lot of green. Does anyone feel really passionately about any of the ones they nominated in this spot? Because I know I don't. Uh, the Grinch. I want to fight for Futurama, but I agree, The Grinch. Like, I didn't even know that The Grinch could be in this slot. I might have even picked The Grinch if I knew that we could pick short TV movies. The Grinch is a fucking classic. That's another one that my family and I, my mother loves The Grinch. Like, that's her favorite Christmas thing, and we watched it every year. I want to pick the Futurama one that I fucking picked, but... 
God damn, the Grinch is so good. Like, it's it's hard to beat it. I, I think the Futurama one shows uh, a lot of uniqueness to the Christmas special place, but Chowder already took that slot, unfortunately. If we're not, if we're going with the Grinch this round, I'm going to turn into a fucking Wolverine the next round fighting for Batman, because... Good luck with that. But I think Batman and Futurama have an equal stake kind of in my brain. I do like the concept of something kind of darker and like more mean-spirited being in this spot. And I think in a way the Grinch does that because like obviously the whole first two acts of the short are about him trying to ruin Christmas for all the Who's in Whoville. And then there's like a great redemption arc. Uh, and I also think that the Futurama episode leans into that too, where Fry's kind of seen as like the last hope for Christmas and then everything around him is just cynical and, and absolutely terrible. And that's like tonally what I'm looking for here personally. I think any of those, I think either of those, the Futurama Christmas one or uh, How the Grinch Stole Christmas fit here. I think the staying power of How the Grinch Stole Christmas and the fact that every decade now Hollywood feels like they need to give us another interpretation of this, it just goes to show that that it has a cultural impact that is going to continue on. The fucking Benedict Cumberbatch uh, Grinch is one of the mo uh, elevator pitch. It's uh, first of all, Illuminations animation is uh, probably the bottom of the barrel as far as animation goes. Despicable Me Too. But squash and stretch is when you have your, your regular character model and then they have a motion that they do. And so you stretch them out to emphasize the motion of the animation. So they stretch out past their limits physically and it's supposed to be a stylistic thing. Um, or maybe squash in, in, in a similar way, they, they, you know, they squish down uh, past what they, they, as if they don't have bones. And it's supposed to emphasize their, their movements. Um, you guys know this, I'm saying this for the audience. Illumination has this squash and stretched style animation except the characters all have bone so it doesn't look good it feels unnatural and wrong because the characters don't actually stretch or squash beyond their limits they just do these bombastic weird ex accentuated movements i think you officially won me over on why how the grinch stole christmas belongs here because they've tried and tried again to redo it i i would i would just like to say that the cat in the hat 2003 is the only reason their fear of it is the only reason that the illumination grinch happened shut up alden uh no it's a masterpiece recognize it no no it's not and the live action grinch is also dog trash um the only good one is the the one that josh has brought up and it that's why it deserves to be all right my format grinch goes here next one we are moving on to the final spot, the Abraham Lincoln spot, far right on Mount Christmas Moor. What is it going to be? There's several specials left. The ones nominated in these categories are Arthur's Perfect Christmas, Rugrats Chanaka, Fairly Odd Parents Christmas Every Day, and uh, Billy and Mandy Save Christmas. But it could be any movie we've talked it could also it also could be thomas the tank engine which you did not mention there that was your thomas jefferson one because of thomas being in the title three times oh i thought you named all of them no just the ones in the abraham lincoln spot but it could be thomas the tank engine thomas's christmas party <laughs> it could be i i don't believe that batman the animated series has any stay in this argument right now despite uh what i want it to be 
I want to fight for uh, Xmas story right now. I think we put Sakula and Alden in the ring right now, and it's uh, Futurama versus SpongeBob right now. Oh, actually, right now I think it should be a Rugrat uh, Tonica. Okay. I I don't know. I I personally am leaning toward the values and like the the message behind Christmas and what that means to people. You know, in this in the spot, I think that that's fitting. I feel like we've had a mean-spirited one, we've had a non-traditional one, and then we had, like, the, the, the pure white milk in a glass, Charlie Brown Christmas, George Washington one. I want the one that emotionally resonates the most with all of us to be nominated here. I think the value of Christmas was exemplified in Charlie Brown Christmas. Hmm, maybe. Well, I think we have three Christmas movies placed up on the mountain here, and I, uh, I think we should probably do something a little more Jewish, some more representation. And I think we should have something that uh, kind of explains Passover pretty well to kids. So we should pick uh, a movie that uh, explains Passover because it's Jewish? I think we need representation here. So this is about representation and not what the best Christmas special is. Well, yeah, because it's not a Christmas special. It's a it's a Chanukah special. Okay, well, it was billed to me as a Christmas special, but okay, it's holiday. Sp- I went and checked. I went and checked Nate's wording on this. I'm fine with, with holiday specials. I think as long as they were released around the Christmas time. I mean, well, in that case, uh, the Star Wars holiday special uh, is my new nomination. <laughs> yeah, no, the uh, Chanukah episode was the first episode of season four, December sixth, nineteen six or nineteen ninety six. Yeah, it came out during Hanukkah. Yesterday, six fifty p.m. Hey, for tomorrow's episode, everybody needs to bring four of their favorite Christmas specials from childhood TV shows slash cartoons. I'm not saying that we can't have a Hanukkah thing. That's not a reason not, but you're wrong. But why not? have a holiday special that celebrates every single uh, uh, December holiday all in one in Arthur's Perfect Christmas. I mean, the main B plot is about uh, uh, Francine Frensky feeling oppressed because her best friend do- says no one cares about Hanukkah. Yeah, you don't get into the origins of Hanukkah quite like you do with uh, Happy Chanukah or Rugrats Chanukah, but you do get the real world interpretation of how it feels to be someone who has to live in a society where Christmas is the dominant uh, December holiday, and seeing rep- Representation of that coinciding with all of them, I think, is the best case scenario. I could throw an audible and put Festivus right here. I was considering the Festivus episode. Oh, shit. That's a great idea. Number one, <laughs> number one though, Xmas is not Christmas, for one. I'm not a bigot, okay? I'm not uh, shitting on other holidays, but what I will say is that one of these uh, episodes is funnier and more entertaining to watch. Uh, yeah. I think Festivus is funnier to watch. Okay, are, are we going to bring in something that wasn't even on any of our lists? Are we going to put Festivus here? Because I'm here for that. I cause chaos. Put Festivus here. Fuck it. I mean, I really like what Festivus represents. <laughs> All right, if we're doing Festivus, I'm going to air my grievances. Be ready. After hearing the arguments, though, I actually agree with Alden that I think the Rugrats Hanukkah special is very important, and I think Hanukkah just needs more representation in its movies and specials. I am all for more Hanukkah content. It doesn't just have to be on the Hallmark Channel once a year. Well, now I'm on the Festivus train, but it doesn't really matter anymore. Uh, We got one for something that was not nominated or mentioned up until this round. We've got 
two for Chanika, and, uh, you know, I, I'm feeling very undecided. I mean, my heart is telling me to continue to fight for Arthur's Perfect Christmas, because I think it is the perfect Christmas special. I also think that it includes so many other people, but I also know that in the context of this ranking, it is excluding all of you. And what's most important to me around the holidays is the time with family and friends, so I don't want to exclude those I talk to the most. So, Aww. Aww. Uh, Arthur's Perfect Christmas isn't going to get fought for from me any further, but if you haven't watched it and you've got young ones at home, please make them watch Arthur's Perfect Christmas. We won't exclude you like your parents excluded your TV shows. Thanks. A Macca baby's got to do what a Macca baby's got to do. So is that it? Rugrats Chanika here at uh, the Abraham Lincoln spot? There it is. Let my babies go. It's the Emancipation Proclamation. You know, I'm disappointed none of my uh, picks made the list, but I am happy with this list. I'm satisfied with the the ones we... I'm surprised that two of Alden's did and two of Josh's did. We, you and me got pushed around this episode. Let's go, Josh. To be fair, it was a little unbalanced because the first one, Nate and you and Josh had the same pick. So that was kind of a shoe-in, and then it was basically the rest of us fighting for the last three. To be fair, I kind of set up my Mount Rushmore like that made sense while well, the rest of y'all just did with whatever. No, no, I, I paired some of mine properly. I mean, Thomas the Tank Engine, Thomas's Christmas party for Thomas Jefferson's a little out there, Josh. <laughs> In hindsight, because I, I didn't, you know, the reason I didn't, I was going to put Festivus on my list. I was going to put it on my list, but then I was like, you know what? I didn't actually watch Seinfeld until I was fully, like, you know, going to be an adult. Yeah, that's okay, though. I use adult loosely. So, Sakula, if you want to talk about facts here, I just checked our recording schedule, and it says cartoon Christmas special. So you didn't you didn't understood the assignment. I did understand the assignment because all other than iCarly, I picked all all, all cartoons, um, and you picked a movie which was not a, a special. It was a fucking it was a, its own thing. It wasn't an episode of a show. A television special. I mean, a cartoon Christmas special. It is. <laughs> yeah. So was Charlie Brown technically. Tim Allen's The Santa Claus can be a special because it would. That's a theatrically released movie. That was released in a theater. It wasn't a TV, not even a TV movie. But it's a Christmas special by definition. That'd be like calling Avengers Endgame like a May special. That's like calling the entire show of Hawkeye a Christmas special. There's no holiday in May. Yeah, there is. May 4th. Fuck you. So is Independence Day a 4th of July special? Yes! even though you could watch it any day. Time to wrap things up. Thank you, everyone, for checking out today's episode of Duel of the Takes. Let us know how you like the new format. If you're listening on YouTube, leave a comment down below. If you're on uh, Anchor, we now have a comment feature on there as well. If you are following us, you are allowed to leave comments now on Spotify. Give that a shot. I will read them. Uh, we've gotten bullied on there already, so, you know, that's cool. I'm ready to get bullied. Bully the fuck out of me. Here is our group Mount Rushmore of holiday specials. We've got, in the George Washington spot, a Charlie Brown Christmas. The Thomas Jefferson spot, Chowders. Hey, hey, it's Knishmas. In the Theodore Roosevelt spot, we've got How the Grinch Stole Christmas. And in the Abraham Lincoln spot, we've got Rugrats Chanukah. 
but we are adding a fifth head to this Hydra of Mount Christmas more. <laughs> We've got honorable mention, the Seinfeld episode, season nine, episode 10, Festivus. Yes! Festivus, here we go. <laughs> Festivus for the rest of us. Everyone, I hope you have a happy and safe holidays. We've got one more Christmas special coming to you this December, but thank you for checking out Duel of the Takes. Anyone else got anything you want to close out the show with? Uh, yeah, if you, by chance, are uh, Muslim and celebrate a holiday in May, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm an asshole for that one. I'm an asshole for that one. Also, everybody, have a great fucking holiday. We'll see you on the next one.